Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to SOJC Radio, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. Good evening and welcome to Friday night FOJC Remnant Gathering. Grab your Bible and your pens and your paper, and when two or three are gathered in his name, the Lord is right here with us. So thank you for joining us, and here's Brother David. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the January 19th, 2024 edition of the FOJC Remnant Gathering. I am David Carricone. For the next hour or so, we're going to be teaching the Word of God. That's what we do here. We teach sound doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, the commandments of God. We're so glad that all of you are joining us for our broadcast this evening, which is entitled, The Circumcision of the Heart. I want to uh, make mention of uh, those of you that have taken up my invitation to write. I'm really enjoying it, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to those and make mention of a couple things. I'll I'll give the address here if you'd like to write. I really enjoy uh, reading the letters. The, The address is Followers of Jesus Christ. Post Office Box 671, Tell City, Indiana, 47586. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Denise, Paul, the Wades, Sharon, and Karen from Australia, uh, Simsy and Terry in Pittsburgh, and Paul in Ohio wrote, Why does that man wear those glasses? Well, that man, Brian Reese, had a injury, uh, an on-the-job injury, and he actually, they're corrective vision glasses um, because Brian does have uh, damage to his eyes from an accident. Uh, Lois wrote, uh, and I'll read a little bit here from Lois, her letter. She says, I also want to thank the prayerathon. My daughter was cleared of cancer. Praise God. And what a testimony. Jesus is bigger then cancer. She also writes, I also thank FOJC and Brian. He is such a blessing. Always praying for all of you. Thank you so much, Lois. And we're looking forward on the 29th to our next prayer-a-thon. Uh, a shout-out to Susan in Texas, Mike and Tina in Montana, Pam in Canada, Tom and Chris in Indiana, Christine in Texas. Thank you all so much uh, for writing I love reading and praying over the letters, and God bless you. Uh, We'll move into some prayer requests here, and uh, the prayer requests, uh, Anne in the UK needs a job, Um, Deidre needs prayer, Uh, 
has a lot of things she's dealing with. Teresa needs healing and uh, family forgiveness. Andrew's father is dying. And Samuel in Africa, his vision for America. Well, let me tell you, Samuel, it's time for someone to send some missionaries into America. So thank you for that. Uh, Diego needs healing from his cycle accident. Uh, Dale, salvation for his children. And also uh, Dan Badandi. We really want to remember Dan I've been texting with Dan this evening. Dan is in the hospital. Uh, He is hurting, and we want to lift up Dan. Um, uh, Just really lift our brother up. Um, He's been having a hard time, and uh, we just want to pray for God's healing anointing uh, to be on our brother. Also, uh, FOJC, our ministry needs here at Ground Zero, computer, and et cetera. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to lift up Anne in the UK, that you'll just meet that need and provide her with a job. And Father, for Deidre, in all of those things that she's dealing with, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that you just give her wisdom and guide her steps. Father, we want to lift up Teresa for healing and family forgiveness. We want to pray for Andrew. His father's dying. Father, we just pray for strength for Andrew and also just for spiritual for spiritual strength. If his father does not know you, Father, in Jesus' name, let the gospel be taken to that man before he passes. For Samuel in Africa, Father, we just pray that you just bless that young man and that you just, without a vision, the people perish. And, Father, we thank you for the vision that you give to your people. For Diego, for healing from that cycle accident. And Dale is praying for salvation for his children. And, Father, in Jesus' name, we want to lift our brother Dan up. We just really pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you just touch him right now with your healing anointing. And, Father, touch Michelle also with she is also suffering and hurting and father this affliction whatever it is we know it's from the evil one and father we just pray in Jesus name that you let your healing anointing fall on our brother right now let the strength of God flow into his body father we also pray and that we know to meet the needs here at FOJC father we thank you for that And, Father, we just want to pray that you'll be with us in this teaching this evening. Father, that you'll just help us to put your word out in clarity and truth. And we will certainly give you the praise for anything good that happens. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Just a couple of quick announcements. The prayer-a-thon is coming up the 29th at 3.30. And this Sunday night on FOJC Radio, Sunday Night Live, another edition of Cities Lost in Time. It will be entitled Tenoch Petleon, the City of Cain. So we're looking forward to that. So with that, worship the Lord for just a few moments, and we will be back with our study for this evening, The Circumcision of the Heart.
We're sorry, but because of copyright rules, you cannot hear my music. However, if you want to hear the message in its entirety with my music, you can join us on the radio page on Friday night for the live audio broadcast at 6 p.m. Central Time, or you can listen on our podcast page at fojcradio.com. Here's Brother David. Turning your Bibles to Romans, the second chapter, and the 29th verse. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. He is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Adam Clark said concerning this text, a true member of the church of God. And in the Old Covenant, as well as the New, the Old Covenant was with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It was about being a part of the Israel of God. And the New Covenant is with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It's the Israel of God now. It was the Israel of God then. But now what has changed is that to be a Jew... You have to have faith in Jesus Christ. That is the way that God recognizes your covenant identity as a member of the Israel of God by your faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And we're going to be looking at the circumcision of the heart. This is the only thing that matters. This is the thing that gives us praise from God and not from man. This was the very source of the first controversy in the early church, and that controversy is still raging uh, with many heresies being propagated by that uh, Hebrew root cult, and I'll just call it what it is. Um, John had a little smackdown, and we got some incoming trolls. Uh, John had a little smackdown, on uh, one of the Hebrew root cult members and uh, got some sparks flying, which is fine with me. We want to make it clear to everybody everywhere, the spirit of Antichrist has no place here. The spirit of Antichrist has no place here. Um, In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3, For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. We are the circumcision that worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Jesus Christ. If you're not rejoicing in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh, you are not a part of that circumcision. Uh, John Wesley, and one of his most impactful sermons upon me was the circumcision of the heart and I'll read something from John Wesley's sermon it was preached on January the 1st 1733 and brother Wesley said this he said I am first to inquire wherein that circumcision of the heart consists which will receive the praise of God in general we may observe it is that habitual disposition of the soul which in the sacred writings is termed holiness and which directly implies the being cleansed 
from sin. That is the circumcision of the heart. It is that which takes place at the new birth. And in John chapter 3, when Jesus was teaching Nicodemus about the new birth, he didn't get it. You know, he was thinking in the natural. And when you talk about circumcision, this is very much the same way. The people's hearts revert to the natural. And there are so many clear statements in the scripture concerning circumcision and what real circumcision is that there should be no misunderstanding. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And some people that are not regenerate It's impossible to speak to them about spiritual things. They cannot comprehend them. This is such with true circumcision and the circumcision of the heart. And we're talking about that miraculous work that God does within the heart of an individual. Brother Wesley said this in his sermon, Circumcision of the Heart. He said, Circumcision of heart implies humility, faith, hope and charity. Humility is a right judgment of ourselves. Now, one of the biggest problems we all have in our life are times when we have too high of an opinion of ourselves. Now, that's a good statement right there. You can take that to the bank. He goes on to say humility A right judgment of ourselves cleanses our minds from those high conceits of our own perfections. What a great phrase that is. From that undue opinion of our own abilities and attainments, which are the genuine fruit of a corrupted nature. This is so true. You can take that to the bank whenever an individual has an undue opinion of their abilities and the attainment. This is 100% the fruit of the old man, not the new. And it is absolutely, uh, that fruit is so rotten, you don't want to look at it, let alone smell it, smell it, because there is an absolute stench to it. And circumcision of the heart, that supernatural work, that the Spirit of God does. It's the exact opposite of this. The opposite of it is in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, and this is the letter to the church of the Laodiceans, and it is hard for anyone to argue we are not in that Laodicean age of apostasy. And it says in Revelation 3 and 17, Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increase with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Such are those that have not the circumcision of the heart, but those that have the circumcision of the heart, we know and we realize our dependence upon God, that within ourselves we are not sufficient, but with Him we are all sufficient. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, the apostle admonished us, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not 
to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. This is that circumcision of the heart. It strips away all confidence in the flesh, and whenever you are looking to the flesh for confidence in any area, you are putting on the old man, and you are not putting on the new. In Paul's epistle to the church in Colossae, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, And ye are complete in him. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Yes, there's a circumcision. All all members of the Israel of God, we have been cir- circumcised with a supernatural circumcision that the hands of man had no part in, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We have been circumcised by Jesus Christ himself, and it is that circumcision of the heart whereby that old man is Put off, And there is a perpetual putting off and putting on. This is something that is ongoing. It is something that, you know, the old man, uh, he, we put him to death in Christ. The old man becomes dead. But I guarantee you Satan tries to put the paddles on him and resurrect him. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There has to be a constant putting off and putting on, because the old man is so corrupt, he is so deceitful, he is so filled with pride, that if we do not constantly put him off, he will come back, And he will take over your life, and he will bring it to run. And what we are talking about in that circumcision of the heart is nothing less than a supernatural change whereby God's very nature is communicated to us. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust we literally partake of the divine nature the bible says that when we're born again that the spirit of god comes to dwell in our temple in the gospel of john jesus said the father also would come and dwell in our hearts that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith is the mystery of Christ in you the hope of glory as was taught by the Apostle Paul we have the divine nature within us and we must let this divine nature we must put that on and we have to understand that within us all there is something that is in 100% contradiction and opposition unto that 
divine nature. And we're going to see that circumcision of the heart. This takes place when Jesus Christ himself circumcises us with a circumcision not made with hands when we are born again. But this is not something that just began with the new covenant. Circumcision of the heart was a part of the old covenant also. And it is now fulfilled in a much greater way. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 4. And we're going to see that circumcision of the heart was not just a suggestion but a command under the old covenant under the old covenant as well as the new love fulfilled the law a believer under the first covenant he had no more possibility to perfectly keep the law than we do now but love fulfilled the law then love fulfills the law now and when we love God and are doing the best of our knowledge and ability, God accepts that. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 4, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn, that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings commanded that they circumcise their heart outward ritual without the confirmation of the heart is abomination to god and sadly this is where we're at this is exactly where the religious system was at in the days of the fall of jerusalem in the sixth century bc this is exactly where the american religious system is as we stand on the brink of judgment of our nation, John Gill said on this text in Jeremiah, this is the true spiritual circumcision, and they that are possessed of it are the circumcision and the only truly circumcised persons. Even under the old covenant, you could have that physical circumcision, but if the heart was not circumcised also, that outward fleshly mark did you no good going on it said and they are such who have been pricked to the heart and thoroughly convinced of sin who have had the hardness of their hearts removed and the impurity of it laid open to them the hardness of the heart that hardness that resists God that will not give in to the prompting of the Holy Spirit the heart must be circumcised until it is soft and compliable and wooable to the Spirit of God and to His Word. Brother Gill goes on, And the impurity of it laid open to them, which they have beheld with shame and loathing, and have felt an inward pain on account of it, and who have been able, been enabled to deny themselves and to renounce their own righteousness and put off the body of the sins of the flesh. All of our righteousness, there's no place in the Word of God where works of obedience are called filthy rags, but any work that a person performs whereby they think that they can sanctify themselves or save themselves, this is absolutely as a menstruous cloth in the sight of God. It is truly, truly an unclean thing. 
In the book of Deuteronomy, the Torah speaks very clearly of the circumcision of the heart. It speaks of it as an old covenant obligation, and it also prophesies of the way that the circumcision of the heart will be transformed and come to, in the new covenant, it will come to purview in even greater force and effectiveness. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 16, Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no stiff, be no more stiff-necked. Here again, we have the clear command of circumcision of the heart that goes forth under the old covenant as well as the new. It was not acceptable to God of just some kind of a robotic obedience. It had to come from the heart. And new birth and regeneration. This was a part of the old covenant as well as the new. This is in John chapter 3. Jesus told Nicodemus, you know, you're a teacher in Israel and you don't get this. There's the prophecy in the book of Ezekiel about sprinkling the pure water and giving them a new heart. In 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6, we have such a clear example of regeneration in the case of Saul. And also Saul is the poster boy to destroy the once saved, always saved argument. But in First Corinthians, or excuse me, First Samuel chapter ten and verse six, it says, and the and prophesying unto Saul, it says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. This is what was required under the first covenant, the circumcision of the heart that changed you from someone that would have some kind of a legal obligation to keep God's law unto someone that loved the law of God, that had that law written in their heart whereby they loved and were overjoyed and eager to keep the law of God. And by the way, Brett Graham and I have started a new series. We haven't promoted a lot, but our first episode is up. Psalm 119, Aleph, and we're going to do a teaching on all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Psalm 22 has 176 verses broken down into 22 eight-verse sections for one for all the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. I so love it, and I know that'll be a blessing unto you also. I love the Word of God. I love teaching it. And I just love it. In Psalm 51, in Psalm 51, we're going to see also that under the Old Covenant, there was that deep love for God within the heart that had to be there. Psalm chapter 51, verse 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. David knew so well, after he fell into sin with Bathsheba, that truth in the inward parts is what God desired, and that there had to be that deep, 
inward cleansing. In the 10th verse of Psalm 51, David put it like this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Truly, a creation of God, a new creature, a new creation. This is exactly what it takes. This is what it took under the Old Covenant. This is what it takes in the New to be a Jew in the sight of God. That circumcision of the heart must take place. And while in the Torah, the command of the circumcision of the heart was laid down under the Old Covenant, there was also a prophecy that spoke of the circumcision of the heart that would come forth in even greater power and greater force under that New Covenant. And let's look in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, and verse 6. And the scripture says, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. Now looky there. We have the command for people to circumcise their own hearts through repentance. But remember the text in Colossians where it says that we will be circumcised with a circumcision without hands by Jesus Christ himself. When the circumcision of our old stubborn hearts is circumcised with new birth, and here it is, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. He's going to do it himself by this miracle of new birth and the circumcision of the heart. And he says, and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And when God circumcises your heart, that love for his law is written in your hearts, the love that will enable us to fulfill the law by faith. This is the circumcision of Jesus Christ, the circumcision of the heart. That is the only thing that avails anything. Now, we're going to look at a phrase that appears three times in Scripture. And it is so, so very important. We're going to look at the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15. And the Scripture says here, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision, but a new creature. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. The only thing that matters, you know, your Jewishness is not determined by whether you're circumcised or not, but are you a new creature? Are you born again? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Has your heart been circumcised? Or are you still trusting in the flesh and your own abilities, walking around with an inflated opinion of what you think you can do? I want to read a statement from Oliver Haywood, a Puritan. And Brother Haywood said this, Let Jews and Judaizing Christians say what they will or can. This I confidently affirm that now in the gospel state, as settled by Christ, it is of no great moment whether a man be a Jew or a Gentile. 
and everyone says amen. Nobody gets any brownie points for what color you are or what genetics you are. Everyone is equal before the foot of the cross. The only thing matters is have you been born again? A big amen to Brother Haywood. He goes on to say, But now in the gospel, God is the God of the believing Gentiles as well as the Jews. For there is not one God in the Old Testament and another in the New as the Manichees dreamed. And this is indeed the ancient heresy of the Gnostic Manichaeans. God is the God of the Jews and the Gentiles. He accepts both by faith in Jesus Christ, and there is indeed no difference. Let's read in the scripture, in Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 29 and verse 30. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Whether you're circumcised or not, you know, thank God when you get to heaven, that's not going to be the criteria. And every Passover, we see some bright lights um, in the Hebrew movement that are going to say that you cannot take part in the Passover unless you're circumcised. And every time I hear that, I just has to wonder, are they going to take their people's words for it or are they going to check them out? I just have to wonder. But I tell you what, this is the epitome of the spiritual darkness that's rampant when the spirit of Antichrist is turned loose in a group such as it has been there. Now, this text that we saw there is repeated two other times in Scripture. And this is a triple emphasis that we need not ignore in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 19. Circumcision is nothing. And that's a straightforward didactive statement. Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing but keeping the commandments of God. Listen, here we are. We need to remind ourselves. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament. And Paul said circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God. That is something. Are you walking in obedience to him? And we could say in the same vein that church membership is nothing. Uh, all of the things that people like to pride themselves in, in their outward religious experiences, it's nothing. What matters is, are you born again? Has your heart been circumcised and made compliable to the obedience of God's law through faith? In the book of Galatians chapter 5, this is the third time we see this text in Holy Scripture. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, 
but faith which worketh by love. In 1 Corinthians 7, it was the keeping of the commandments of God, and here what matters is that faith that works by love that enables you to keep God's law and have that love to fulfill it, you see. This is what matters. Not only are you obeying God's law, but are you obeying God like some kind of a little robot, or are you obeying God because you love him, because your heart has been circumcised? Have Has Jesus Christ himself circumcised your heart with that circumcision that is not made by the hands of man? Praise God. In Thayer's Dictionary, that word availeth is 2480. And it means to have power, to be a force, to be serviceable. There is absolutely no force and no power whatsoever to circumcision. And we're going we're gonna to go through some of the nuances, and we're going to look at how the Apostle Paul dealt with that in the New Testament. That's very, very enlightening. But I want to share why. Uh, let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 17. And this is why circumcision is no longer required. In Genesis chapter 17, circumcision under the first covenant was the sign of the land promise. Let's read it. Genesis 17 and verse 8, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. This is my, verse 10, This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And that lamb promise, and I could show from Scripture that God did give them every inch of the land he promised them. It was fulfilled. I could back that up with multiple texts. We have many times. And also, that land promise is going to be eternally fulfilled when Jesus Christ returns and gathers the true Israel of God. We're going to ride with him to the Mount of Olives, and he's going to split that rascal in half. We will ride with him, and we will inherit that land. Yes, indeed. But as we know, Israel was not obedient under that covenant. They were driven from the land, and now the Israel of God is no longer in the land. But that holy nation is in dispersion. We are in the Israel of God. We are truly a nation without borders. And this is why circumcision is no longer the mark of the Israel of God. Because Israel was driven. Let me give you some scriptures for that, because it's very important that each and everything be backed up with scripture let's go to the book of Colossians and uh, the book of Colossians yes sister Donna says that's her favorite chapter yes it is Colossians chapter 3 and her favorite verse we'll just read it for if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth 
on the right hand of God. Amen. And in verse 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. For there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision. So you see, whenever you start the circumcision stuff, you're playing the race card. You don't want to do that. Barbarian, Scythian, bond, or free, but Christ is all and in all. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about whether he has circumcised you or not. That's what matters. Now, let's put together some scriptures here that are so clear, and we can't do it enough. The word of God is so clear, so straightforward, but the problem is, you very seldom hear the truth and you hear what is wrong so much that people are literally literally brainwashed. But let's look at the pure, straightforward simplicity and clarity of the Word of God. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. Now therefore, if, say goodbye to that lie, that big porky of the unconditional land promise. Say goodbye to it. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. Does anyone see some conditions there? We have some, don't we? Obeying God's voice, keeping his covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation, These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. They would be a holy nation just so long as they obeyed God's voice and kept that covenant. We know the story. They did not do that. And Jesus dealt with that very issue in the 21st chapter of Matthew. In the 21st chapter of Matthew... It's a whiz-banger. He cleanses the temple. (laughs) He curses the fig tree. He cleanses the temple. And then he gives a little dissertation unto the Jews here to top it off. And what he said to them was not to their liking, but uh, he delivered the payload anyway. Matthew chapter 21 and the 43rd verse. Jesus said this, Therefore I say unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. There is the end of circumcision. There is the end of that covenant because they had violated it. And he's taking it away from them and he's giving it unto another nation. Well, what nation? Is he giving it to? Let's read it. It is so clear that you have to try to miss it in First Peter chapter two and verse nine. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are that holy nation. We are the true Jews, the Israel of God, that have been circumcised by Jesus Christ himself. And it is very interesting that 
in the seventh chapter of John, when Jesus spoke of circumcision, that he spoke of it as something coming from Moses and not his father. And of course, the Lord uh, had Moses institute circumcision. It came from the father. But note how Jesus phrases it. In John 7 and 22, Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And you see, this goes back even older than Moses. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. But with that, we're going to take a break here and we're going to come back. And we have some more things that we want to clarify and talk about. Um, how that the Apostle Paul dealt with this issue of circumcision and just how we are to deal with it today. So we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back in just a few moments on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. FOJC Radio, David and Donna Carrico, the dynamic duo of followers of Jesus Christ. Nah, we're just regular people. We're just loving and serving the Lord, and we challenge you to love and serve the Lord and learn all that you can about Him. We're preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. And thanks again for listening to our programs and blessings to all of you. We want to welcome a new member of our team, Jillian Stone. She recently did a program with Brian Reese as the host on the FOJC Rumble channel, the number 51 in the Sunday Night Live series. And it was called The Origins of the Hail Mary. Jillian has a lot of experience for her young 22-year-old age. She has um, a channel on Instagram. It's Instagram slash Jillian Stone. That's G-I-L-L-Y-A-N-S-T-O-N-E. And she also has a podcast um, and it's, well, it's called the alabasterpodcast.com. She also has a Facebook page, and she also has some videos on TikTok. Jillian calls herself a wife, Jesus follower, a mama, and a symbolism exposer in America, a land of the plumed serpent. If you want to hear Jane's testimony, or at least part of it, you can tune in to that number 51 on SOJC Radio Sunday Night Live on Rumble, Origins of the Hail Mary. And we're just so excited to welcome her. We should be doing some future programs around church YouTube, and sometimes they'll be on Rumble. So check both places. You can find the link to all of our channels on our homepage at www.fojcradio.com. If you'd like to be added to our notification list, please send an email with sign up in the subject line to lastdayschurch.cs.com. Thank you for listening to all of our programs.
we want to invite you to our monthly prayer-a-thon. The date for our prayer-a-thon will be announced each month on the prayer-a-thon page and on the many programs that we offer. We collect prayer requests from our special form on the prayer-a-thon page on our website, fojcradio.com, and also from the chat the day of the prayer-a-thon on the Underground Church FOJC on YouTube. Each month we have a variety of members of our remnant family who come together in our apartment to take turns in our office because they want to pray for your prayer-a-thon request. If you send an email, please be sure and put prayer-a-thon in the subject line. And please get your prayer-a-thon request in to our office by 1 p.m., the day of our prayer-a-thon. We have started the time a little earlier because of the children that are involved. So we're starting at 3.30 Central Standard Time. And I need to be able to get your emails and get them printed out and ready for our team. Please limit your words to 75. And please do use the form I've created on our prayer page. Thank you so much. God does hear our prayers. God does answer our prayers. We are so blessed to serve a God like Him. Now back to tonight's message with Brother David Carrico on FOJC Radio. Well, surprise, this is not David, this is Sister Donna. But I just want to ask you, our listening audience, first song of the night was Somebody Out There. Second song of the night, Somebody Touch the Lord. That's the songs the Lord gave me to play. Are you that somebody? Hey, Amen. Well, I just want to welcome everyone back. And as I always do after the break, uh, or at the break here, I want to thank each and every one of you that studies with us and that prays for us and that supports us with your gifts and with your kindness. We do appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. Yes, we do. Also want to say that uh, this past Wednesday that Gillian Stone and I recorded the first installment of the new DLC series that is in production. Uh, the There are those naysayers that say, well, the doctrine of Christ is over. Well, let me tell you, the doctrine of Christ was going before I started preaching it, and it will be gone after me. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will be preaching teaching the doctrine of Christ and the commandments of God. And I'm so thrilled that the DLC series, it will be back uh, with with the little hot sauce on it. So we're looking forward to that. We'll have a lot more to say about that. But it is underway, and I'm so thankful. I was real pleased with that, uh, the way our first uh, recording session on that went. So we're working on that, be in prayer about the new DLC series. All right, let's go back to Galatians. I want to read Galatians chapter 6, verse 15 one more time. This is one of the trifecta, the three verses that emphasize this point in Scripture. 
Galatians 6 and 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Now I want to focus on that phrase for just a moment. In Christ Jesus. That means you are in Christ by faith. You are united to that vine. I'll read the statement that my Puritan friend, Oliver Haywood, made about that. He said this, By this word, in Christ Jesus, some understand in the Christian religion, others in the church or kingdom of Christ, others in the gospel dispensation, in the concern of obtaining salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. The doctrine of the gospel is called the faith of Jesus Christ. Indeed it is, and that is because it is the gospel that introduces us to the faith of Jesus Christ. This is what puts us in Christ, and that is why the gospel will always sound forth loud and clear from FOJC, because that's the only thing that matters. Are you a new creature? Are you born again? In Romans chapter 3 and the 22nd verse, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. The Bible says it so many times. Genetics and race means nothing but faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness is imputed unto all that have such faith. That is when you become a part of the Israel of God. That's when you cease to be whatever you were, and you now become a true spiritual Jew and a member of the Israel of God. God. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, this is the entry level to being in Christ. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, and well, I'll read verse 14 also. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. It's time to let the Holy Spirit of God convict us that we are indeed sinful and we are in need of a Savior. Now I want to say also that it's not a sin to be circumcised. There's nothing wrong with that. There's medical reasons as well as cultural reasons for circumcision. That's not the issue here. We're going to expound and unpack the issue. The issue was there were people that were saying that if a Gentile wasn't circumcised, they could not be a believer. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But in in Galatians, excuse me, I won't read in the book of Romans, and basically, the Jewish people are referred to in Scripture as the circumcision. In Romans chapter 3, what advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. And it certainly would have been an advantage 
if you would have been raised Jewish and would have heard the word of God read, that would have been a big advantage if they would have taken advantage of it. And in verse 3, Paul says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, Paul says in verse 4. In the book of Galatians, the second chapter, this is something that should really clear up the murky waters. And every Passover... The Hebrew rooters will want to gin up this argument and they will want to, I mean, just like the ancient heretics of old, they will want to make the rite of circumcision mandatory to partake of Passover. And many of them, just like the ancient uh, heretics that Paul dealt with, they'll tell you that unless you're circumcised, you can't be saved. But let's look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 3. And... Paul and, well, let's just read beginning at the top of chapter 2. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus also with me. Now, here is the Apostle Paul going to the church in Jerusalem that was headed up by Peter, James, and John. The church at Jerusalem was the most Jewish of all churches. I mean, this was Jerusalem after all. He goes on to say, And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Now listen to verse 3. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. When Paul went to Jerusalem, Titus came with him, who was a Greek believer, who was not circumcised, and the most Jewish of all churches, headed up by Peter, James, and John in Jerusalem in the first century, they did not compel Titus to be circumcised. Now that should be a wake-up call and a lesson to all of those that want to take the spirit of Antichrist and twist it and pervert the gospel of Christ because there is no difference between what these modern heretics are doing and what the people did there that Paul dealt with. Very clear. Let's have it one more time. Galatians 2 and 3. But neither Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. That should lay that, lay that to rest. In verse 9 of Galatians 2, it says, And when James... Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, these were the heads of the Jerusalem church. The apostle Peter, the apostle John, and James, the brother of the Lord. It says, when they perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. There was not two gospels. There was one gospel. There are not two churches, a Jewish church and a Gentile church. The wall of partition has been knocked down and there is one new man. Now, that's another whole lesson. And the one new man, uh, the way it's taught today by Sid Roth, bless his heart, is 
that means to be one new man, we all want to see how Jewish we could be. And that's as far from what the Word of God means uh, as, as you can get. But it was John. And here, it, we, we don't want to miss this. Paul's trip to Jerusalem, Titus was not compelled to be circumcised, and we see the right hand of fellowship going forth. It was the Apostle Peter, we read the verse from him, he read about, he wrote about the holy nation and the peculiar people. This Apostle Peter that wrote about that new nation that was now the priest of God, he shook the hand of Paul to preach the same gospel unto the Gentiles. It was the Apostle John that gave Paul the right hand of fellowship. The John who wrote, you must be born again. It was necessity. This is not something. He had to tell that religious leader of the Sanhedrin, you must be born again. Nicodemus couldn't get it. And we're in the same position today. We are trying to speak spiritual things, communicate the things of the Spirit by the Spirit, but we must realize that the things of the Spirit cannot be received by unregenerate people. But it is the gospel we preach. And it is the gospel that will circumcise your heart. It, it is the circumcision of the heart that will open your eyes. And it will enable you to be able to perceive spiritual things. In the book of Acts, chapter 16 and verse 3. It's very, very neat what Paul did here. Acts 16 and 3. And let's just read, let's just read the first three verses to get the context. Then came he to Derb and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him Paul would have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. Now here the Apostle Paul circumcised Timothy. Now Titus was not forced to be circumcised, so Paul circumcised Timothy because he feared for his life. He feared that, I mean, the Jews would persecute and they took the lives of many early believers. We could give many scriptures and many accounts from the history, of, from the the martyrdom of Polycarp, and on and on and on. But as a measure to protect him, Paul circumcised this young man in the wisdom of God. In Acts, the 15th chapter, and the first verse, we have the controversy laid out. And at the Apostolic Council in Jerusalem, uh, many will use that as an excuse to do away with God's moral law. And what was happening, well, let's, let's read what was happening. Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. They were setting down circumcision 
as something you must do to be saved. Now, that's a big problem because the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 8, 8 and 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man shall boast. Whenever you make circumcision or baptism or church membership or any other ism a requirement of salvation outside of true repentance and faith in Christ. You have stepped in it, my friend. Matthew Henry said concerning this text, he says, A new doctrine started among them which occasioned this division, obliging the Gentile converts to submit to circumcision and the ceremonial law. Underline, (coughs) excuse me, ceremonial law. We're not talking about God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. We're talking about Levitical system. And because circumcision was tied to that land promise, it had to be made clear that we're talking about a new nation and a peculiar people here. Matthew Henry goes on to say, the position they laid down, the thesis they gave was this, that except the Gentiles who turned Christians were circumcised after the manner of Moses and thereby bound themselves to all the observances of the ceremonial law, they could not be saved. And you see, this is what the Apostolic Council did. It didn't lay down what parts of God's moral law were there? It wasn't like doing away with the Ten Commandments. You'd have to have a pretty dark heart to believe that, but that's out there, I guarantee you. But what it was doing, it was laying down what Gentiles had to do to be able to fellowship with Jews and keep the unity of the church. That's exactly what was happening. This was the first division in the history of the church and the Israel of God, and I guarantee you the propagators of it are still alive and well. They, they absolutely are. Now, let's go to the fifth chapter of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, and we'll begin in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Ho, ho. And if if you are saying that you have to be circumcised to be saved, you have taken yourself out from under the true gospel. And when when you say you've got to be baptized to be saved and baptism is a great thing we teach it we believe in it we practice it baptism is the open testimony of what has taken place in your heart cornelius in acts 10 he was born again filled with the spirit before he was baptized whatever you add under the gospel this takes you out from under the true gospel we must totally Do away with anything we think we can do within ourselves to save ourselves or sanctify ourselves other than throw ourselves at the mercy of Jesus Christ with repentant faith. Verse 3, well, let's read verse 4, Galatians 5. 
Christ is become of no effect unto you whosoever of you are justified by the law ye are fallen from grace when we are justified we come into that Israel of God and when we are justified and our heart is circumcised we are given a heart to love and obey his law but you cannot become born again and you cannot receive circumcision of the heart by any work of man that you might want to try to do and trying to do so is like waving a minstrel's cloth in front of the eyes of God in Galatians chapter 6 verse 12 and 13 as many as desire to make a fair shoe of you in the flesh they constrain you to be circumcised. And oh, that, and that's exactly what they want to do. They want to make a show of you. You know, and that's what these, oh, we've got to be circumcised to uh, keep the Passover. Oh, here's brother, brother Joe Bob. He circumcised himself so he can be a part of our group. Well, brag, brag, brag. You know, this is all it is. They're making a fair show in the flesh. It's not about Christ. It's it's all about them. This is exactly what we're dealing with. Galatians 6 and 12, As many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Amen. That cross of Christ is what it's all about. We will gladly suffer persecution and preach Christ crucified and Christ's circumcision, the circumcision of the heart, as the only true circumcision there is. Now, if, if there would have been a Jewish father that come to Christ, and after he came to Christ would have wanted to circumcise his child, Paul wouldn't have had a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that, and God doesn't have a problem with that. What God has a problem with is another gospel that lays down commandments of men in place of faith in Christ. That's what the Father has a problem with. We want to be sure to distinguish this very clearly because these are things that uh, false teachers and fast talkers, they can muddy the waters and this is why we must know the scriptures and be very clear what thus saith the Lord. I want to read something that William Perkins, the father of Puritanism, said uh, concerning the fifth chapter of Galatians. He said this, and so, so well said, Hence we gather that to add anything to the passion as a meritorious cause of our justification and salvation is to make Christ unprofitable for he must be a perfect savior or no savior he admits neither partner nor deputy in the work of our redemption so well said so well said and so needful for our ears to hear such things again let's read I'm going to read these two verses in context Galatians 6 12 and 13 now I'm going to read one more verse Galatians 6, 12 and 13. And as many as desire to make a fair shoe you in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves 
who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. I want to close out. I want to read Romans chapter 3, verse 30 and 31 as we conclude our teaching for this evening. Uh, Romans, the third chapter. Verses 30 and 31. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Amen? Yeah, we're going to establish the law, the law fulfilled by love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, with that, we're going to close out our study for this evening, as always, with great thankfulness to each and every one of you. And we're just so thankful and humbled with uh, the way the Lord is blessing FOJC. We're, we've got something going out just about every night. And we're going to get the um, our schedule really uh, finalized so we'll know uh, pretty much what's coming out. Uh, we've got... Um, uh, I was so thankful. Our first edition of Psalm 119 that Brett and I did, uh, that is up now. And also... Uh, we've got the boot camp coming out, Brett's boot camp teaching. And and there's more things in the works. Yes, indeed. Uh, the the Narcissism series is being worked on. It's in production. And also um, the new DLC. So we're working hard. And uh, this Sunday night, our new episode of The City's Lost in Time with Brian and I. And... Um, I tell you what, we're just so thankful. It's an all-out assault on the kingdom of hell. This is our time to lift up that bloodstained banner to say loud and clear that Jesus saves, and whatever problem you have in your life, the answer to it is Jesus Christ. So with that, I'm going to close. Tomorrow night, we'll be there with John uh, doing the midnight ride. Always want to keep John and now you see TV in prayer. And uh, let's just close out the word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much once again for the opportunity to preach your word and lift up that bloodstained banner. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit go forth and draw people back to the real Jesus and to the real word of God. Father, we just pray that the spirit of repentance go forth and just break out upon this nation and draw people back to you. Father, we just pray that each and every one of our listeners, that you just lift them up and build them up with the Spirit of God, that you just make them strong by the the strength of the Spirit in their inner man. And Father, we just submit this broadcast unto you, that you will use it. Open the hearts of the hearers, that people will be brought to faith in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. God bless you all, and until next Friday night, 6 p.m. Central, God bless you all, and we'll see you then on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. Thank you for listening and joining in fellowship with us here at FOJC Radio Remnant Gathering. You can contact us at FOJC Post Office Box 671, Tell City, Indiana, 47586. Or you can email us 
at lastdayschurch at cs.com. Or you may call us at 812-836-2288. You can check out our website at www.fojcradio.com. Thanks and God bless. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.